Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim GK, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of the Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of the Core Business Show, Tim GK. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim J.K., your host. Thank you for joining the program today. Today, we're going to talk about KGB Enters the Social uh, Network. Uh, our special guest today is Michael R. Davison. He's going to be our guest for the next uh, 20 or 30 minutes, and we're going to talk about the KBG and social network. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can go ahead and pose a question in the chat room or email us at info at thecorebusinessshow.com. Or you can go ahead and call in at 347-324-3460. Michael, welcome to the program. Uh, hi, Tim. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. I guess uh, to begin with, uh, our guests love personal stories from our particular guests. And if you don't mind, tell us about yourself, if you don't mind. Uh, you can give a minute. Uh, sure. Uh, some time ago, I took very seriously... Uh, President Kennedy's admonition uh, to uh, serve our country, and especially his complaint that not enough Americans spoke or understood the Russian language back in the 60s, of course. And uh, so I did study Russian. Uh, when I joined the military, I became the translator for the uh, Moscow-Washington hotline uh, at the White House. And uh, after that, uh, my uh, language uh, capabilities uh, attracted the attention of the CIA, and I spent the next uh, 30 years or so as a CIA case officer and senior intelligence officer. Uh, Seventeen of those years uh, were spent abroad chasing Soviets and East Europeans and others in some pretty interesting places, including uh, Warsaw uh, and Cuba. Uh, as well as the major European capitals. So I uh, think I got to know the Russians uh, uh, fairly well. <laughs> wow, that, that's, that's really amazing. You know, we can go back really not too long ago, probably just uh, shy of 20 years when the the wall came down in 1989. Kind of tell us where we are. Kind of give us a little history for those who don't know. Uh, who are, Who is the KGB? And how have things have played out since uh, the end of, well, in the middle of the Cold War from the 60s to the end of the Cold War, as it, it says, and what we are today? Because um, are they our biggest enemy in one sense? I mean, we have other company, I mean, other countries are bigger threats than Russia, but kind of tell us where we are and kind of give us a history from the 60s and where we are today. Okay, I'll try. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> the, this is a nutshell uh, or something. You know, so, there's, uh, there's a bit of controversy yeah. today, as a matter of fact, because I believe some of um, uh, Romney's uh, spokespeople have noted that they consider Russia to be uh, one of the United States' uh, primary enemies, if not the primary enemy. Uh, I tend to agree with part of that. I don't think they are the only enemy we have, but if uh, Putin is not uh, uh, inimical towards the United States, he's giving a pretty imi- good Im- imitation of someone who uh, who is. Uh, things have changed uh, a bit since uh, the wall came down in November of 1989. Uh, you might recall that in 1991, uh, the uh, KGB, uh, headed by uh, Khrushchev at the time, was one of the prime movers in the uh, attempted coup against uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. And as a result of that, uh, the, uh, not only did the Soviet Union uh, dissolve, uh, in 1991, but the KGB was split up into uh, separate parts. So we actually no longer have uh, the uh, uh, the KGB. We have the FSB, uh, which is the Internal Security Service or the Counterintelligence Service of uh, the Russian Federation, and we have the SVR, which is the External uh, Intelligence Service of the Russian Federation. And these are basically the old KGB uh, Department 1 and Department 2 elements. Um, So uh, they have divided up their their responsibilities along really uh, traditional lines. And I think if you look back uh, just a couple of years to 2010, when a uh, Russian intelligence defector uh, revealed the existence of a network of uh, uh, Russian illegals in the United States. I think uh, the FBI picked up 10 uh, people who were actually uh, under very deep cover and who'd been sent to the United States, uh, some of them as far back as, uh, at least one as far back as 1985, who were operating uh, as uh, illegal agents of uh, Russian intelligence uh, in this country. So uh, so things have not changed, you know, uh, things change, but they remain uh, much the same, as the French uh, like to say. And I think that the, the importance of Russia as an intelligence target for the United States has uh, quite understandably uh, faded a bit uh, in light of all of the other things that have uh, happened in the world since 1991. Uh, I remember back in uh, uh, 1990, uh, during that period when things were changing so much in uh, the Soviet Union at that time, uh, mm-hmm. with the wall coming down, with Glasnost uh, uh, taking over in the country, uh, the uh, people in charge of uh, Soviet East European operations in uh, the CIA decided they didn't want to recruit any more Russians. Uh, they were going to be our our friends now. And I think there were a lot of people who made the mistake of thinking that, well, if we just uh, help them along and uh, give them some friendly advice, uh, the Russians will will just become uh, uh, fat, happy capitalists. And, of course, that uh, uh, did not happen. And that's that's really one of the reasons I I wrote my book, if you want to uh, mention the book before we get into uh, social media. Um, 
I'd like to say a couple of things here. Number one, uh, there are a lot of uh, espionage-themed uh, novels out there that are written by people who know absolutely nothing about espionage. And so we formed a group, uh, several other uh, former CIA case officers and myself, that we call the Spy Masters Literary Guild uh, to support and promote spy stories written by real spies. Uh, my book is entitled Harry's Rules. Uh, it's available at Amazon, at my own website, michaelrdavidson.com, and at uh, spymastersguild.com as well. This is a story that I felt was very important because it's based on uh, actual fact. And uh, it's, uh, to a certain extent, autobiographical. It's a story about the loyalty of a CIA case officer to his agent and the new sources of power in Russia today. Now, in Russia, the seat of power rests on three legs, in my view, and in the view of many others. Uh, those three legs are intelligence, business, and crime. And for much of the time, it's almost impossible to separate the three. You know, Jim Woolsey, uh, the former uh, director of Central Intelligence, noted uh, not too long ago that should you come upon a Russian businessman dressed in a $3,000 suit with a big smile on his face and an <laughs> engaging manner, you are faced with four possibilities. Oh, uh, he is what he says he is, a businessman. He's a Russian intelligence officer, or he's part of the Russian mafia. Or, the fourth possibility, there's a good chance he's all three. Uh, because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because that's just the reality uh, in Russia today. You know, at the end of the Cold War, around uh, 1991, uh, possibly in, in, in preparation for the coup attempt against Gorbachev, uh, $50 billion uh, mysteriously disappeared from the... Uh, $50 billion? Uh, $50 billion, with a B. So it doesn't seem like much given today's uh, uh, figures, but back in 1991, That's $50 billion... <laughs> In hard currency was a lot of money, and this represented Absolutely. the entire hard currency reserves of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union uh, and the Soviet state. Uh, the uh, best speculation about this that I've seen is that uh, it was handed over to the KGB for safekeeping. Uh, now, what happened to that $50 billion dollars? Uh, is really the basis for the plot of uh, my book, uh, Harry's Rules. Uh, there was a book written back in 2000 by the, uh, the editor of Forbes Russia, a, an American of Russian descent named Paul Klebnikov, in which he uh, described uh, uh, this period of time and uh, what happened with this money and how crime became inextricably intertwined with politics in post-Soviet Russia. Uh, and uh, because he, he knew so much and was writing so much, uh, uh, Paul Klebnikov was shot to death outside his apartment in Moscow uh, four years later in 2004. And to this day, uh, no one really knows uh, who who killed him, although there you can you know make some fairly educated guesses, uh, and which brings us to the subject of uh, social networks uh, in, uh, in Russia today. You know, if you look around the world right now, 
social networking is kind of the Paul Revere of modern-day dissent and uh, revolution. Would you kind of agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and but uh, if you look at Egypt, uh, both, both uh, pre- and post-so-called uh, uh, Arab Spring, you'll see that social networking played a large role in organizing mass protests. Uh, the uh, uh, former Egyptian government was very concerned about this and did a great deal to try to uh, cover what was going on on the social networks. Uh, the current uh, situation, uh, you have a situation where uh, protests are being directed toward an external target in Egypt, that is the uh, United States. And so the government is actually in that context using the social social networks for its own uh, ends. Now, in Russia, the situation is reversed. The networks uh, have been used to organize dissent against the Russian government, and this is something they don't like. Uh, you know, so the Russian leadership has seen how effective social networks have been in organizing opposition movements. Uh, if you recall, uh, during the Cold War, uh, the Soviets tried to jam the Voice of America, uh, Radio Free Europe, and uh, the BBC. But uh, since the disintegration of the Soviet Union in, in 91, they've sort of lost the monopoly on the dissemination of information. And this does not make them happy campers in the Kremlin. Uh, now we learn that the SVR, if you recall, the SVR is the Foreign Intelligence Service, has uh, acquired some systems that will permit it to not only map social networks, find out who's saying what to whom, and determine the the uh, uh, the centers of information dissemination throughout the network, but it will eventually permit them to uh, inject their own content into social networks and thereby control it. And uh, deception has been a major weapon of uh, uh, the Russians and the uh, Soviets uh, for a long time. Now, <coughs> excuse me, in one way, uh, this might be a good thing for dissidents in Russia because it might mean that uh, the Russian government has simply decided to stop killing everybody that disagrees with it. Uh, you know, since 1993, you may not know this, but uh, since 1993, uh, over 300 journalists have been killed in Russia. Uh, you might recall the murder of anti-government journalist Anna Politskaya in uh, mm -hmm. let's see, it was uh, October 2006. It received a lot of international attention, which uh, did not please the Kremlin. And uh, then, of course, the even uh, greater notoriety of the murder by polonium poisoning in London of former KGB officer Alexander Litvinenko. Uh, if you take a look at Wikipedia, for instance, you can find a list of those killed during the Yeltsin years as well as the Putin years. Uh, until recently, there's been very little retribution against their killers. As a matter of fact, uh, in the uh, uh, 90s, uh, uh, the streets of Moscow re resemble the streets of Chicago uh, circa 1929. Uh, there were wow. uh, wild shootouts on the streets, uh, uh, crime uh, was rampant, <coughs> and uh, 
it was just not safe to uh, be too outspoken, although a lot of brave people were and uh, uh, unfortunately uh, died uh, for their beliefs. You know, the elimination of so-called enemies uh, of the state is an old uh, tradition in Russia. The czars mm -hmm. used to exile them. Uh, the Bolsheviks preferred murder. Uh, the Soviet intelligence services, especially the KGB, uh, known as the sword and shield of the party, were the preferred instruments for meeting out uh, retribution. And uh, judging from the number of opposition figures who've been killed, the mindset hasn't changed much for the current occupants of the Kremlin. Uh, but with social networking, which uh, means, uh, you know, you can't uh, identify one or two people or a specific journalist, uh, uh, a, you, you have vast swaths of the public who have cell phones, who have computers, who have access to uh, information. And uh, they just decided, you know, unlike Stalin, who didn't blink at uh, murdering 30 or 40 million uh, of his citizens, uh, the current occupants of the Kremlin have decided they really can't just kill everybody. So they're going to try to control uh, uh, them uh, through, <coughs> through rather uh, devious means. Hmm. Let's take a break real quick, and we're going to come sure. back with the conversation. We'll be back when Mommy can listen to the Core Business Show. I'm Mr. <laughs> K, your host. You're listening to the Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Japan. Well, welcome back to the program. Uh, again, our topic is the KGB enters the social network. Uh, my special guest today is Michael R. Davison, and he is also an author of a book as well. Um, I guess go ahead and can continue with the conversation you just had before we went on break. Uh, sure. seems like I was uh, talking an awful lot, but I'll be glad to continue. Uh, you know... Um, uh, I mentioned Paul Klebnikov, who was murdered in Moscow in 2004. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, uh, I uh, uh, dedicate uh, this book in, in part to him because it's his book uh, which uh, actually inspired the plot uh, for mine. Uh, you know, it's often said that truth is uh, stranger than fiction, and in many ways, in my book, Harry's Rules, uh, is an attempt to convey a warning uh, to readers in a form more palatable than nonfiction. Okay. And uh, uh, so using the example I just gave of the missing $50 billion in uh, uh, Soviet hard currency, 
I asked the question, did the Cold War end, or did the KGB find a way to retain power and to dominate the new Russian Federation? And my answer to that question, of course, is uh, is yes. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, a book that's come out recently by a British analyst uh, of uh, things Russian called Edward uh, Lucas. <clears throat> and uh, in this book... Uh, I was quite surprised, actually, to note the parallels between his book and uh, my own. Uh, he says, uh, if I may uh, paraphrase, that uh, in no sure. other country, talking about Russia, in no other country have gangsterdom and state power overlapped to such a threatening extent. You know, the most powerful drug cartels may have high-tech communications equipment or the ability to penetrate a law enforcement agency, or have uh, some politicians on the payroll, but they have nothing that yet matches Russia's ruling criminal syndicate's capabilities. Uh, it has almost limitless money, global geographical scope, and the full armory of state technical and logistical resources, from spy satellites to submarines, giving unprecedented capabilities in snooping and manipulation. Uh, the name of Lucas's book, by the way, is Deception, the Untold Story of East-West Espionage Today. And mm -hmm. I highly recommend it to uh, one and all. It was recently reviewed in the Wall Street Journal uh, very uh, uh, favorably. Now, that should make people stop and pause for a moment if <clears throat> and put yourself in the shoes of a, uh, say, a criminal kingpin who, uh, whose natural enemy, of course, is the state and the police forces of the state, but who suddenly has at his disposal uh, not only the uh, willing collaboration of the police forces, but the collaboration of the intelligence services, the use of diplomatic pouches, uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, information uh, collected uh, by, uh, by uh, electronic means, by uh, your equivalent of the National Security Agency. Uh, uh, just think uh, how profitable and uh, useful uh, uh, that would be to a criminal organization and then how the criminalization uh, of uh, Russia uh, seems to have uh, have taken place. So uh, that's, I think, in many ways, what we're facing today when we when we look at Russia. You know, Russia is, of course, by far not the biggest immediate threat to the United States. But uh, let's just take one example. You recall how, in back in the early '90s, when mm -hmm. uh, Business dealings were embargoed uh, against uh, Saddam Hussein's Iraq. It was discovered that the uh, Russian energy industry, I think it was, uh, I think it was Rosneft, uh, had some five hundred million dollars invested in the Iraqi oil industry. Now, when we went into Iraq, both times. Uh, we were accused worldwide of being after the oil. That's, that's about all I heard when I spoke with my uh, uh, friends in other countries. But if you look at the results today, uh, ExxonMobil is getting out of Iraq, uh, and the Russians, Gazprom and Rosneft, are buying up huge concessions all over the Middle East. 
in, including Iraq, where they will basically, I think, eventually control the uh, the petroleum industry. Uh, one of the reasons uh, we find uh, Putin uh, working against our interests, or at least what we perceive as our interests in Syria today, and defending the current Syrian re- regime, is that one of the ways they're going to get that energy out of the Middle East uh, to avoid the Straits of Hormuz is via a pipeline through Syria, uh, which already has a small pipeline coming from uh, uh, from Iraq, I believe. And for several years, there's been talk of the uh, of the construction of a, uh, a large capacity pipeline from Kirkuk in Syria out through um, uh, uh, to a Syrian port. So, you know, when you look at motivations for why the Russians are uh, perfectly happy to uh, allow the uh, current regime to continue slaughtering its own people in Syria, it gets back to economics and to Russia's uh, desire to control the energy supplies uh, for especially Western Europe, uh, which gives them considerable leverage over Western Europe. Well, absolutely. So why – I know there's hatred to the United States, but why is this – same is not really uh, geared towards uh, Russia. I mean, they just, I guess if you just allow us to do our thing and Russia will slowly come in and take over and uh, quietly, but they don't see them as a threat or at all? Uh, well, I, they see, uh, I, 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 I certainly hope that we, we have uh, smart people in, in government and especially in our intelligence uh, uh, services. Uh, we have a president who unfortunately doesn't seem to pay a lot of attention to intelligence since he uh, has missed uh, over half of the uh, briefings that uh, presidents are entitled to. Uh, and uh, certainly we're distracted by events in the Middle East which uh, have to take precedence because those are people who are trying to kill us. Uh, the Russians are playing, I think, a much more um, clever uh, game. Uh, they're playing the long game, not the short game. And uh, they will, I believe, uh, do what they can uh, to uh, thwart our interests uh, in the Middle East, uh, keep us distracted there as long as they possibly can while they continue to uh, make uh, gains. You know, I worry about things like uh, having <clears throat> uh, backed down uh, uh, from uh, uh, the Russians on the question of uh, uh, d- defensive missile capability in Eastern Europe, in Poland and uh, Czechoslovakia. I worry about uh, the fact that uh, we have signed a, uh, a, uh, a nuclear weapons reduction uh, agreement, a new one with the Russians, which I believe puts us at a uh, strategic uh, disadvantage uh, because no matter what anybody says uh, about the numbers of warheads, uh, if we don't spend the money to uh, modernize them and maintain them, uh, they're not going to do us much good when and if the time comes. Absolutely. Uh, and the uh, We've already lost uh, half a trillion dollars from the defense budget, and with sequestration being threatened, uh, that's another half a uh, half a trillion. Uh, uh, we have an administration which has decided to abandon uh, 70 years of uh, U.S. policy to be able to to have the capability to fight a war on two fronts, 
uh, and uh, in favor of a new strategy, uh, if you want to call it that, uh, to retain the capability to fight only one war at a time. Uh, You know, the United States has an obligation in the world. Our role as a superpower is a very important one because uh, we basically keep the peace. Uh, many people don't understand that. They, they see our power as a threat. Uh, what I see our power uh, as is a, a counterbalance to centrifugal forces out there that are trying to tear the world apart. And given what's happening now, I, uh, I'm fairly pessimistic about uh, what's going to happen in the, in the future. Uh, the Middle East is, uh, is uh, you know, it's been for centuries, uh, since the 7th century, since before that, uh, the, a, a source of uh, uh, great uh, divisiveness in the world. Uh, it's the, uh, the home of the three major monotheistic religions of the world, and uh, ironically enough, uh, that fact uh, causes uh, tremendous uh, discord. And uh, I don't see much happening right now uh, to prevent a a horrible disaster from occurring in the Middle East in the not-too-distant future. Well, quickly, real quick, because we're almost out of time, what would you like to leave us with probably within about 30 30 seconds? I'd like for people to buy my book. Uh, Okay. (laughs) And you're... Great. Just to reiterate, the, the title of the book is Harry's Rules. It's okay. available at uh, Amazon.com in both uh, 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 hard uh, copy and uh, Kindle editions, or through my website, MichaelRDavidson.com, or the uh, SpymastersGuild.com uh, website. Great. Well, Michael, I really appreciate you joining the show, and I'm going to kind of reach out and take a look at the book. Thank you. Thank you for joining Thank the program. Thank you so much. I appreciate take it. Care. Take care. Take care, Okay, bye-bye. Again, it's been another production of The Core Business Show. Thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.